0: And he turns to me and full seriousness goes, Oh, you're growing out your armpit hair? (gasps) No, I just haven't shaved in three days.
1: We're here today with Alexa. Hello.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: So yeah as you can see our set's a little bit different because we have our special guest on today to talk about body dysmorphia with us. Yes. She is creative. She's a sim star, an aspiring interior designer, <laughs> the ultimate barista Jube's a celebrity hall pass. <laughs> she is subjectively way cooler than us. The queen of tr- of chaos, Miss Alexa Narang.
0: Yeah, wow. <laughs> I think that's the best someone's ever described me. But also just like boost my ego a little bit more, you
1: know. <laughs> oh, we love it. Yeah. No, so we know Alexa through work. Yep. Um specifically Gavin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we have since replaced Gavin with Alexa so. <laughs> it's
0: good. <laughs> yeah, it's the most stressful thing in the world being a replacement for someone. <laughs> Especially somebody that you know well. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like um, a friend. Yeah. Makes mm-hmm. it kind of awkward, but yeah. at the same time, I appreciate it, because Gavin's one of the people who I think is the coolest. I'm like, oh. I'm- yeah. <laughs> I get to fill that spot now in people's lives.
1: <laughs> oh, good. Good, I'm good. Amazing. I guess, did I miss anything in my intros or anything else you want int- to, like, anything to say to introduce yourself? <laughs> no, I think you got it. I not <laughs>
0: Queen of Chaos is pretty accurate. I don't think I don't think these two have ever seen me at work not making a mess of everything and,
1: or destroying something. Yeah. Or describing a mess. Yeah. Like, you're never going to guess what happened to me to yesterday. You're going to be like, my life is just constantly just going like this. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Every time I see them, I'm like, oh, I guess what happened? And they're like, how are you still here being okay? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Why are you functioning? Yeah. <laughs> how are your kidneys, like, near failure and you're still you, breathing?
0: How are your emotions, like, just, how are you smiling? Yeah. How are you at work <laughs> talking to customers? Like, <laughs> uh, Actually. And actually. if our audio is a little funky, Mikaela and I are sharing a microphone because we don't have a third mic. So hopefully that's okay. But you can hear me clearly, and that's all that's important, really. Exactly. <laughs> our special guest for a reason. <laughs> exactly.
1: Um, yeah, so, body dysmorphia, we will start with a quick little trigger warning because... Um, we will be bringing up eating disorders and um, everything that's related to poor mental health and body dysmorphia as a whole. Yep. So if any of those trigger you, um, maybe this isn't the episode for you, or proceed with caution.
0: Yeah, we will not be offended if you
1: skip. Yeah. I'll um, oh, it my, but we won't. <laughs> <laughs> our first guest starts like sets the tone. <laughs> yeah, Just you don't can listen. skip this one if you want to. <laughs> skip our guest episode, it's fine. <laughs> oh my goodness so basically what is body dysmorphia um it is actually a disorder in the dsm um body dysmorphic disorder um it's a basically a condition where a person spends a lot of time like worrying about their flaws in appearance um the minute it goes to physical appearance it is then classified as an eating disorder so therefore um body dysmorphia and eating disorders go very like hand in hand you can have both um one can kind of feed into the other um, cause. I'm not going to say cause because there are all sorts of causes for them. Um, as far as like the biggest ones are trauma, um, bullying and whatnot. But then there are certain um, genetic factors that can influence, um, for both. Yeah. Um, or just the classic with all mental health, the chemical imbalance in the brain, your <laughs> neurotransmitters being all fun and funky with you. Um, It does also come off of uh, OCD and generalized anxiety disorder. And then eating disorders, body dysmorphia, all that comes hand in hand. Lovely. That is my Psych 101 in one and a half minutes. Um.
0: (laughs) So when you said when it becomes physical appearance, it becomes an eating disorder. Yeah. What... Do you mean? Like it or, or, or sorry, like, sorry body, or
1: like, body weight. Weight issues. So oh, okay. Like,
0: yeah, not um, just how you look. Like, when
1: how mm. you look starts making you change how you eat and how you interact with food. Uh, yeah. okay. Okay. okay yeah, so a lot sense. of, like, weight management. It then goes into um, all the eating disorders, such as anorexia nervosa, bulimia nervosa, uh, restrictive binge eating. Um, and then there are some new concepts out there around um athletic anorexia and orthoxia nervosa athletic is um very straightforward by the description there it's athletes um restricting for athletic performance and or wanting to be cut and lean and only have five percent body fat and all this fun stuff orthoxia is um a new term, not in the DSM. And it's more so about um, restricting anything that is deemed unhealthy. So, so um, it's coming up in a lot of um, vegans now that you're seeing this come up, not vegans specifically, but just like as a whole, like people who go into that diet because they think it is the epitome of health and there's no, nothing bad with it. And therefore they're only going to do that. Right. Where they may be neglecting other aspects that are um, making them, unhealthy as well i
0: think one that's really good to point out and this is only because i watched it happen with like my family is going keto Mm
1: -hmm.
0: yeah because then you are have to be so specific with what you eat because you're trying to get your body into ketosis Mm -hmm. and that's where i'd say the fear of not eating like certain foods or like healthy foods especially really comes in yeah you are
1: trying to get your body to a state where it's using fat for fuel instead of using sugars for fuel and or your muscles then restricts you of eating sweet potato and instead slathering bacon and mayonnaise. And yeah. Not everyone specifically, but you know what I mean? It's just like a, yeah. Um, yeah. So a lot of that is around um, diets that are considered healthy, but then otherwise have other complications. I think it's also very important to say that like
0: there is healthy ways to do these things. <laughs> Yeah, But if your uh, mental health is not in order, it is very difficult to do anything when it comes to dieting, working out, and trying to keep yourself like healthy mm-hmm. in a healthy way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's when that comes in. Like, if you have a solid mental health, you can have any kind of diet you want, and for the most part, it'll probably be good. But yeah. if you have a really poor self-image and you think of yourself horribly or you have really bad depression or anxiety, that's when... Going into diets
1: and stuff like that can become kind of dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's why you see it so quickly snowball into a, a disordered eating, right? Like, especially it is very common amongst females, and it has been very common for many years. But we are seeing it now in males as well, um, or we are hearing about it more, more in males wear, now. I, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It might have been around, but it wasn't expressed as much before. But with females, I find, especially in Junior high in North America, or just the early 2000s as a whole, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of um, I'm not gonna say anorexia because it's what is it a diagnosis, but a lot of restrictive eating that would come okay. with that in order to be skinny. Um, it has then now switched a little bit more to the whole like you got to have the hourglass, like Kardashian figure. Even but though they don't want it anymore, so <laughs> exactly, <laughs> you just can't win. Exactly, but but you do see a lot of that, or have I have I, my personal experience? I've seen a lot of that come up um, in junior high, high school, specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which, definitely. Where mental health is <laughs> wild. Well, that's when you're the most vulnerable, and you're
0: being affected the most by what you're seeing. And so, mm-hmm. when we were in junior high, it was super skinny Victoria's Secret models. And just, like, unattainable body goals. So you're, like, starving yourself to try and get that. Mm -hmm. But it's, like, damaging you Mm -hmm. rather severely. Uh, And, like, not even just, like, with middle school and high school. And I hate to say this because I sound like my parents. But (laughs) social media (laughs) (laughs) is probably the biggest perpetrator of all the amount and the epidemic of eating disorders that we are seeing. Because in the early 2000s, like I said, it was the low-rise genes that was making everybody Mm -hmm. wanting to be super, super skinny and have the flattest stomach possible. But now it's you're going on to like tiktok instagram and you're seeing these models just living their daily lives and you're like man why can't i be blessed with those genes <laughs> like yeah how do i look like that and for a lot of people who don't have an understanding of how nutrition works how diet and exercise works myself included uh the easiest option to us is oh i just want not eat <laughs> yeah <laughs> but that destroys your body mm-hmm.
1: like 100 yeah. percent yep so we, we have brought on Alexa for a reason. So we want to talk about like, what was your experience with body dysmorphia and then where, how has it brought you to who you are now?
0: Well, there's two, like I was, when I was thinking about this, there's two really important moments and the first time I ever got called fat and when my anxiety was really bad. Mm-hmm. Was the first time I ever got called fat it was right after I was, I think I was in second grade and it was a boy that I had a really big crush on and so I got this new like shirt and now when I look at pictures I'm like yeah that was not flattering it was like a baby doll but I'm in second grade so (laughs) it's gonna make you look like a box yeah and he was like you look really fat today (laughs) and I was like oh okay I'll just go burn this shirt (laughs) But when you're, especially when you're at a really young age and someone calls you fat, like that sticks with you. And when you are that age, just when your personality is forming. That's when everything that's going to be you in
1: the future, like starts, you start seeing those Mm -hmm. points show up. Tune into core memories of (laughs) of self-awareness episode.
0: (laughs) And then Mm -hmm. probably it was in my first long-term relationship and he had a really, really rough time with bulimia. And Mm -hmm. so that was the first time I was around an eating disorder Mm -hmm. and having to support someone getting better with an eating disorder. So he had bulimia. Yes, he had bulimia. And nobody knew about it except for me Mm because we were really good friends throughout like middle school and stuff like that. And then when we started dating, I started realizing all these things. Mm -hmm. But since he was always throwing food up, I started getting this really warped idea of eating okay. Because I didn't think I was fat. Like, I'm. Like even now, I'm like, I look at myself and sometimes I'll be like, oh, I hate how I look. But I don't think I'm fat. Like, yeah. I don't think being fat is a bad thing either. I just don't like how I look. Mm-hmm. And so, with him being like, I don't like how I look, so I'm going to throw everything up. I was like, I don't have a gag reflex. Can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, what's my second option? Not eating. <laughs> so, that's when I. and also when you have really bad anxiety, it's really difficult for you to eat. Mm-hmm. And having depression and stuff like that. And that's when all that was at its peak. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't eating to begin with. But then having somebody in your life who's like, eh, don't touch food. Cause it'll yeah. make you look bad. I was like, okay, well, here we are. And then that kind of snowballed into that summer. I started working with my dad in construction. Mm-hmm. So then wasn't eating. I was being really physically active. So I was the best, well, not best shape, but the best my body and my head has ever looked yeah. was that summer. Where well, you're just, like, toned because yeah, you're, you're
1: outside sweating and yeah, just lifting so, stuff.
0: And that's my parents also mm-hmm. eat really healthy. So when my stepmom would pack us lunches, I'd be like, oh, this is healthy stuff. I can eat it. It's fine. Mm-hmm. And then when school started and I wasn't being around my parents and they weren't watching me because i was working in a coffee shop all the time i was going to school and nobody was around me to monitor my eating habits Mm -hmm. i just stopped eating altogether Mm. yeah that's good. Yeah, it was really good, really healthy, fun time. I don't regret it at all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not made fun of for being weak at work ever. Oh my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> that, it is true. Yeah. Unfortunately.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh
0: well. But hey, but, that's what started this conversation, and that's why I'm here today, so. Exactly,
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What other, like, did you notice that went to, like stopped eating. Did you notice that any other mental health things escalated or got better or?
0: I think it kind of just stayed Staying, because as we've already established, my life is a shit show. <laughs> like we Yeah. Out, you know? Yeah. Like, I... There's no... Ne- my life is never 100% okay. I've never had a chill moment. Yeah. Since the moment I was born. And... and girls came out swinging. Yeah. And so, like, with that, I can't say that the eating was what affected my mental health. I think it's just me existing in the world and everything mm-hmm. being thrown at me 24-7. Yeah. Fair um, enough. And so... My mental health comes always comes in waves, mm-hmm. but for sure when, as I learned this when I was in the psych ward, <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. The, the stepping stones of mental health is the first thing you need to get under control is your eating and your sleeping. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then you focus on therapy, and if neither of those two things are still working, then you look at medication. Yeah, and so. I've been to the sleep doctor, I've been to nutritionist, like I've tried all these things and my mental health is still crap. So <laughs> maybe those stepping stones aren't 100% true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But.
1: but I do think, I mean, again, as someone who is studying it, that yeah. is... Those are generally what baseline is. Because it's like, if it's not your diet, then it's something else. And if it's not something else, then it is actually a chemical imbalance. And you do need something to support that.
0: Yeah. And the best my mental health has been is when I'm... Because I got diagnosed with ADHD like a year ago, I think. Mm -hmm. And I started taking medication for it. And this is the best my mental health has been forever. I mean, it's still not great, but it's, oh, I can survive.
1: Well, it's not surprising that it took them so long to diagnose you with ADHD because there is no female... Um, symptoms in the DSM. It's all around males. And white males. This is where I'm going
0: to transition into culture. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not white. I know I look it, but... (laughs) So especially when you are cultured, and this is a huge thing in nutrition, the BMI index was based on white men. Mm -hmm. So women we're screwed. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you are any other color than white, you're screwed.
1: (laughs) BMI is also a load of crap. I have beef with the BMI.
0: No, I have so many friends who Mm -hmm. technically are not the weight that is healthy for them. You couldn't tell if you looked at them. Yeah. (laughs) I like, Mm -hmm. I'm not the weight I'm supposed to be. You can't tell when you look at me. (laughs)
1: According to BMI, I am obese (laughs) and I have been obese since high school. Yeah. Where I was 40 pounds lighter.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And technically when I was like, again, back in the second grade, I was technically obese as well. But then I shot up like a freaking weed and all of a sudden I'm skinny. So I don't really think you can Yeah, just look at somebody's weight and be like, yeah, something's wrong
1: here because you live a lot more healthy than I do. Oh yeah, I'm working out five days a week and I still step on the scale and I, I did this today, which messed with my head a little bit. Um, I'm back to 230 pounds now and I'm like well, shit. What am I doing? I Nothing's changed. I'm at the same point now where I was last year. I had then like dropped um, down. I was in like the 220s and mm-hmm. stuff. And now I'm back here again. I'm like well, it kind of sent me for a little bit of a spiral this morning. Then I got my period. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it all <laughs> made sense. And I'm like, so there is a lot of hormones that come into play when you are especially scanning your your weight, if you're stepping on a scale, right? Um, that we neglect and especially as a teenager too, right? You're fluctuating hormones like crazy and then you're putting on body weight and you're getting, losing it just as fast. And yeah, now into my twenties and stuff too, I'm still fighting to get this weight off from when I was actually unhealthy and mm-hmm. my thyroid is failing and whatnot. But I feel physically stronger. I do have a significant more like muscle mass and stuff. Yeah. So I know that a lot of this weight is more muscle than it was fat. And that is the difference from last year. Mm-hmm. But again, according to BMI, I am no different. I haven't improved at all. And that's like another thing too, is when I was
0: before I lost a bunch of weight, I was so active. Mm-hmm. Like I was playing volleyball. I was doing gymnastics. Like, I wasn't great at either of them, but I was doing them. Yeah. <laughs> and so like, I was so physically active, but I was all, I was like 20, 30 pounds heavier than I am now. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of that has to come with the fact that I am now not 16. And so my body's hormones have kind of leveled out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's weird to think that then when I was fat, especially growing up in a small town in Alberta, it's all skinny white girls.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So <laughs> that's what I was basing my self-image <laughs> off of. And it's weird that I was so much more healthy than, like, I was eating, sleeping, kind of, working out more. And But now I feel like I look better in my body, but I feel so weak all the time. Mm -hmm. And my body is drained. But I get so many more compliments on how I look now. I'm like, that's really messed up. Which just adds (laughs) to
1: the the toxic cycle in that front, too, right? It's the same reason why um, it just adds to talking about toxic cycles... Going off the rails a little bit here. But the younger you look, the more compliments you get, too.
0: Or, like, when people wear their hair in, like, braids or pigtails and they get more tips.
1: Yeah. Because it's, like, the whole child image aspect thing, which is so twisted in that sense, too. Like, I got more compliments at 14 than I do now. Mm -hmm. Now, apparently, I'm just scary. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Which I'll take. But at 14, I was getting hit on at the airport when I was alone by people who were, like, in their mid-20s. Yeah. Well, it's even, like,
0: Mm. because I cut my hair all off and then it was too short for me to fit into a ponytail for work our tips when I was wearing pigtails to work every day I I have not reached that point since because now I go back to wearing a ponytail my tips aren't as good really? yep oh my that's terrible yeah I know and it's insane because my hair was like like I, I've i been considering like I'm kind of down bad for money and it might be time to bring back the pigtails <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm pigtails to but work it's, it's twisted again even <laughs> part of the whole like being skinny then you don't have curves you look more like a child which is more attractive in a weird twisted form yeah well that's it just
0: something that with my like body dysmorphia specifically because mm-hmm. i again like i said i'm not white um i'm very hairy
1: mm-hmm.
0: my entire body's covered in hair mm-hmm. like my arms like everything and that was a huge issue especially when i was in middle school and high school was like, oh, I hate my body hair. Like, I hate how it makes me look. And then I realized I hate that it makes me look like a grown-up. Yeah, Mm. It's not that I hate my body hair. It's that I don't look smooth like a child. Because... (laughs) Yeah, why is that? I hate to say it, but uh, pedophilia is really drilled into our our brains. Mm -hmm. And it is a huge aspect of what men find attractive is that young and innocence and sweetness... And so, when you hear that your entire life, and you're growing up, and you're getting older, and your body's changing, all of a sudden you're going to be like, "Well, now I'm not attractive.
1: So. Mm-hmm. Now I gotta do things to make myself look younger and, mm-hmm. and thinner and more petite." Yeah, so like I've never been petite. <laughs> I do not have that.
0: Oh, I am gene. tall and loud. I have never nothing about me has ever been small. No. <laughs> But that's a huge thing about being a woman is making yourself smaller, whether it's your weight, your voice, your height. Mm-hmm. And so it makes a lot of sense that a lot of women, especially when they're younger, have body dysmorphia mm-hmm. yeah. and hate the way that they look, hate the way that they look or act and how they are as a person mm-hmm. because we are not small
1: enough in any aspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Did you have ever, any, ever have any um, bullying that contributed to your body dysmorphia? Um.
0: Kind of. Okay. <laughs> like, in middle school, there's this group of girls, and they're, like, the popular girls. Mm, yeah. And I was friends with most of them, but, like, mm-hmm. the ringleader hated me. Mm-hmm. And I think she hated me because, especially in middle school, I was pretty confident outwardly, about, and still now. Like, most people, when I'm like, yeah, I have a lot of self-confidence issues, and they're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> then I'm screwed. <laughs> but yeah. I had, I carried myself with, like, a lot of confidence, and I... I'm very articulated in how I speak, I especially then. So she hated that. And I now know, like, because we've talked about it as we've gotten older, like, she was going through a lot and had a lot of issues and took that out on me, somebody who she saw as more confident. And I think that was the first time in my life where I ever wanted to not look how I look. Mm -hmm. And that's when I stopped... I do not even say being myself, because I still was outgoing and, like, Mm -hmm. chaotic and crazy, but I stopped... Putting myself out there as much. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you're late a bit. Yeah, and that's when I started getting into the dark body dysmorphia and having confidence issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were so mean. Middle school girls are the worst. Yep. <laughs> There's True. nothing like them. Like, <laughs> they like pick at your insecurities and you're just like, okay, thank you so much. I oh. didn't know that was something I didn't like, but now I do.
1: Mm-hmm. Thanks for bringing that one up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, literally. I didn't have ever have anyone outwardly bully me for my appearance I just kept wanting to make myself smaller because I was surrounded by people who were all five foot one mm-hmm. <laughs> and they would talk about how fat they feel because they're 125 pounds and I'm like I'm 180 and I can't ever be 125 pounds without being hospitalized yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. respectfully like yeah five foot 10, 11, 5 foot 10, 5 foot eleven I'm currently 230 my skinniest I ever was was 180, and I looked like a model at that point. And it's and BMI still says I need to be 160. And so now that I'm working out, there's no way I'm gonna have solid muscle mass and be 160. Yeah, I don't see no it way. happening. I'm no. almost 160. There's no way. So yeah, so I'm my my there's healthy weight no is way. you. That's ridiculous. That would be so
0: unhealthy for you. I'm trying to like imagine you like that. I'd be like, no, I would. Pro- if it you like, came in, concerning. if you came into work 160 pounds, I would be like, go to the hospital. Yeah, yeah. Like you're not working. You're gonna faint. Yeah,
1: and yeah. <laughs> so, like, that's and that's just the whole like. So yeah. So outside of well, there was no direct bullying. It was just a lot of media for mm-hmm. me because it is like I, I as much as I love social media, there is a lot. Um, it's a big contributor in the mental health crisis and whatnot mm-hmm. for various reasons. Um, but I again, as you said, you're just trying to be like every other. Small town person who is between five foot one, five foot five, five five, and then blonde hair, blue eyes, super super thin. Mm-hmm. Yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. And here I am, like
0: <laughs> this little brown girl. <laughs> Especially <laughs> like uh, if you're not from Alberta, like in anywhere that isn't Calgary or Edmonton, there's no culture. No, absolutely zero. <laughs> and like the culture that the culture that there is, like we had they're, they're, they stick in their groups. Because we had like the Filipino girls and then like the two black kids in the school. Yep. And, <laughs> uh, more than I have. <laughs> <laughs> and like especially like yep. growing up around white people and then being mixed, it's weird because you don't get to experience your culture. And then I moved to and my two people who I've been close with since I moved here are brown. They are Indian, or one was Pakistani, one's Indian. And that made my identity crisis even worse because it's like man now I'm just now I feel even more out of touch with my culture because when I'm living with a bunch of white people you don't feel out of touch (laughs) you feel like you're not I've never felt like being mixed was okay and that also contributed Mm -hmm. to the body's morphia because I'm like my features aren't all white but my features aren't all brown Mm -hmm. my skin isn't all white but it's also not brown Mm -hmm. so I've never been white or brown enough Mm -hmm. and that and then like Oh, so, like, coming to terms, this is another thing but coming to terms with, like, your sexuality, coming to terms with the fact that you're mixed, and then also having, like, living in rural Alberta where racism and homophobia is rampant all, everywhere, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, you are not allowed to feel okay with yourself, <laughs> ever. Yeah. Yeah, so that was my experience before I moved here, <laughs> and then I moved here, and I was like, oh my gosh, there's culture.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I could see that. Again, as someone who is painfully white, <laughs> um... A different, a different theme for me. Like I, I I've always been way I haven't not fit in with my family, mm-hmm. but for me, a lot of it was like the I don't look like my friends, yeah, or I don't act like my friends, yeah, and love my friends, but and there's nothing that they can do to change it either, right? I'm just not five foot one, blonde hair, blue eye, 120 pounds. Mm-hmm. This never would, be, never will be me, yeah. yeah, right?
0: Well, it's like me too, because like if you look at like brown girls, most of us are built like. We're like curvy, yes, mm-hmm. but we're also just, we're bigger. Because mm-hmm. that's, I mean, I haven't, when have you ever met a brown family that doesn't have a million kids? Like, all, I have so many cousins. And all my cousins <laughs> have so many cousins. So we're built to give birth. Yeah. <laughs> and that's even like with, um, like, Finnish culture too. Like you're built to give birth. Like,
1: I'm built to withstand a winter and yeah. kill a seal we'll and end. carry yeah. it on my back. To my my other side is Ukrainian, so I'm also built. <laughs> <laughs> it's like
0: give birth, don't die in the cold. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't want to I don't I don't want to give birth and it's global warming is going to make the cold go away so i don't (laughs) my genetics are just not important anymore (laughs) but it's really yeah it's really hard for people to understand like hating yourself
1: yeah yeah if that makes sense Um, especially if you've never gone through it and everyone hates it differently so it's mm -hmm. a very personal subjective experience right that you go through i think uh, something else to mention is like to talk about the difference
0: between having self-confidence issues and then having body dysmorphia because and this is something that I'm still trying to wrap my head around I have not gained that much weight since I stopped actively participating in an eating disorder because like obviously I still have like disordered habits and that's going to take years for me to get over because for so long my body was used to not eating yeah Hmm. and so now I have a really hard time forcing myself to eat (laughs) but When I think of myself back when I was severely anorexic, I'm like, yeah, I was this big. I was itty bitty, so small, so skinny. Mm -hmm. And I see videos of myself, and I'm like, no, I looked the exact same as I do now. Mm -hmm. And that's what's wild to me is I'm like, so I went through all that, just looked the exact same two years later. (laughs) Where like I started, like I'm I'm still not the healthiest person, and I probably never will be. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I trying to make yourself better, and then just not seeing any progress. I'm like, it really screws through your brain. And then also just not genuinely not knowing what your body looks like, especially when you're a woman and our 28-day cycles, each day your body's going to look different. Yeah. Because your body's getting prepared to have a baby. Yeah. <laughs> and that's another thing, too. I got my IUD, and mm-hmm. I gained a bunch of weight. Oh, um, Because yeah. birth control, I learned this recently, the whole point of birth control is to trick your body into thinking you're already pregnant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone's ever seen a pregnant woman. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sorry, I hate to break it to you. Pregnant women are not skinny, so...
1: No. No, it also messes with the hormones, right? And, like, estrogen produces... Like, there's estrogen produced in your fat cells, and then it also makes more fat, and then to store so that the body's cushioned for, again, the baby and everything, right? But... Also, women's bodies, like,
0: we all have a little patch of fat at the very bottom of our stomach. Mm -hmm. Every woman has it, and that is to protect your vital organs, which is your uterus, the only organ that matters. (laughs) But who needs a heart when you have yeah. uterus? Yeah. Amen. Huh. That's the title of the episode. Yeah. yeah, who needs boobs and who needs a flat chest and a flat stomach when you have boobs to protect your heart, yeah. <laughs> fat to protect your uterus? The only two things that count. <laughs> Birth control makes both of those bigger. Yeah, you yeah. like, oh, need to protect it. The baby that's not in there. <laughs> the us in your boot. <laughs>
1: But it is like again, as you said it though. Like everyone who every female that I know, or anyone who has just like a uterus yeah, in general, yeah. has an issue with their lower belly. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I can't speak on guys. I'm not a guy. I don't know. I haven't heard of a lot of guys they don't talk about that. Have
0: that the lower and belly can, their
1: muscles are different,
0: so they can like have abs easier, mm-hmm. basically. Well, also it's because their center of gravity is different than ours, like ours mm-hmm. is in our hips, mm-hmm. theirs is in their shoulders. So like the way that they are going to maneuver around the world and be able to work out and gain muscle is a lot different than for women. And in the working, like not so much now because of the self-confidence and body positivity movement. Okay. Yeah. Women's nutrition and stuff like that has changed drastically than even what it was like two, three years ago. Yeah. But, and I noticed this when I used to do working out with my parents, but fitness is also very much catered to men's bodies. And women's bodies can't lose weight the same way. Oh, no. Yeah. Like, like, nowhere near are we the same as men when it comes to losing weight. Because, yeah. again, like, the vital organs that we need to protect are in our stomach. Mm-hmm. And that's usually where women hate their body the most. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to do a whole episode on, like, working out around your period. Because you have to... It's so... Each week is something different. And so you kind of want to cater to that, but all of the workout and fitness world is catered to men, and they are on a 24-hour cycle versus a 28-day cycle, so, like... You guys should look into comprehensive sex ed and why it's needed, mm -hmm. because it is, like, that's something I'm very passionate about, and even when I was in middle school and we were going through sex ed, and they were like, Mm -hmm. this is a penis, this is a vagina, that's all you need to know. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I was the one being like, well, actually, there's more. (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, if yeah. you put you examined. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was, I was sitting at the back of my social class and explain periods to my guy friends. And all the girls were like, she's such a pick-me. And I'm like, no, I'm trying to teach your boyfriend what a period is. Yeah, literally. <laughs> like, you should be thanking me. I'm not trying to steal them. I don't want someone who doesn't understand that this is not blood coming out of me. It's my uterine lining. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but understand the purpose. because of the lack of comprehensive sex ed the and the understanding of how the female anatomy and even the, the male anatomy um we have so little people have so little understanding of how it all works yeah mm-hmm. and I, that also ties into the body dysmorphia because if a woman doesn't understand how her body is functioning and doesn't understand why certain things need to look the way that they do yeah
1: you're going to hate yourself because <laughs> mm-hmm. you don't have an appreciation for your body 100 mm-hmm. well it's even right down when you play into hormones and stuff growing up right a lot of people i think outside of um weight and like Um, weight management and appearance in that form. Acne is a big one Mm -hmm. and acne comes from hormones right? So a lot of people that I know growing up would focus so intensely on their skin and even now have um, acne scars and we're focusing so hard on trying to heal those scars and then spiraling and Mm -hmm. still going through it like a lot of good friends of mine who are now 24 and still going through this. Did you ever have anything like that? Like face appearance or was it a lot of
0: um, I never had bad acne. Mm-hmm. I had like, like, cause I used to eat a lot of bread.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I had a yeast build up in my forehead, so that's when I get those those tiny bumps that I couldn't get rid of for years until I again stopped eating. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you don't have yeast in your body. <laughs> but don't take that as advice. That is not health advice <laughs> on how to clear your skin. Please eat. Just cut out the bread. Yeah. <laughs> but um, the biggest thing. <laughs> biggest thing I hated how big my nose is <laughs> and uh, again that's something that came with my culture like if you see my dad and he hates his nose too because it is it is giant uh, <laughs> love you dad but you are a bald man with a big nose the first thing you're going to notice is your nose <laughs> and he knows it too and he's like he's gone over he's pretty secure in who he is as a person so I can make fun of him
1: but your dad does mm-hmm. look like the brown like Shemar Moore though yeah like he looks like the East Indian Shemar Moore yeah <laughs> He look, yeah. definitely looks like a like a like an actor.
0: Yeah, he actually looks like a Stampeders player, and when especially when he played, the guy played for the Stampeders. We'd go mm-hmm. out and be like, "Oh my god, that's I can't remember his name." Like, that Jerome Againlaw. No, he's f- he like, not a Stampeders no, player. No, I'm thinking But he also I looks mean. like Jerome. Like my dad, he's <laughs> yeah. My dad looks like every culture and every guy, like any like, brown
1: guy. He looks like Jerome Gimla, The Rock, Shamar Moore. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> I was right. Just wrong, wrong team. <laughs> I love baseball. Oh, my gosh. Go <laughs> sports. Just sports. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> oh, that's fine. Yeah, but like, because, like, and then my mom has, like, this teeny tiny little nose, and I, I swear it's just one straight bone and then just like the skin just like sticks to it so really lucky that I kind of that's what (laughs) it it looks like like my mom's nose is very very small and so I was like when I was younger my nose looked a lot bigger because obviously I had a smaller face but now it's like perfectly in the middle so thankful my dad did give me his broken nose which I'm not so thankful about, but... Give
1: <laughs> someone a broken nose.
0: Well, because he broke his nose when he was young. Okay. And so I've always had this bump on the one side of my nose. And my dad's always had it too, so I thought it was just how he was born. He was like, no, I didn't get that till I broke it. And I was like, oh, great, you passed down your broken nose to me? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that was possible. And he's like, yeah, that's probably why you have such a hard time breathing out that nostril because I broke it and now I can't breathe through it. So mm-hmm. I'm like, free nose job? <laughs> you need a septum. Yeah. <laughs> Because that was my dream growing up was being able to figure out a way to get a free nose job, and then I've, all of a sudden every celebrity you know how to deviate septum, and I was like, hmm, hmm. maybe I have that. I actually, asked my daughter, my doctor, not my daughter. I don't have kids. <laughs> I actually
1: asked my yeah. my firstborn child. No, <laughs>
0: so I asked my doctor. I was like, yeah, I have a hard time breathing through my nose. She's like, you might have a deviated septum. I'll send you for some X-rays. And I was like, finally, <laughs> it's my time. <laughs> My manifestations. Like, why would I finally like my nose are you telling me that I can get a free surgery <laughs> <laughs> well
1: you we could just actually get the septum deviated fixed yeah but.
0: but also like that sounds like a lot of work and I don't think I can afford to take any more time off <laughs> I mean, fair enough. <laughs> mm-hmm. Jerry, do you have anything to do? Yeah. I feel like um, you've been pretty silent this entire month. I, uh, the no, I don't really feel like I need to add anything <laughs> because no one wants to hear me talk about this. Okay, no. I'm a tall, skinny white girl. I have the body that everyone wants. <laughs> So, but did that how did that affect okay, you? Okay, but I'm a tall, skinny brown girl and I have the body everyone wants, <laughs> and I still hate how it looks. You just can still have a valid opinion about this.
1: <laughs> I'm a tall, curvy white girl, and only some people now want my body.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I was now I feel like I'm finally growing into my body, mm-hmm. and so I feel like I'm filled out and I don't look insanely skinny, which is how I was. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still like I'm still insanely, um. Self-conscious of, like, my pooch. Um, And even, like, last summer, I wouldn't go out in a bathing suit because I was still afraid that people were going to think that I was pregnant. Because I had someone ask my mom if I was pregnant in a photo. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, that was probably the worst. It was. So, now I'm just super self-conscious about that because... Of, like, a whole religion thing as well, where you don't have sex before marriage. Yeah. And so then it's like, well, I can't get pregnant before marriage. So then it's like, if people are thinking that about me, then how does that kind of affect it? And then, yeah, so my body image was fine until then. And then after that, it really took a beating. Um, so I'm really trying to, like, get back at that. But I feel like, in my eyes, I'm bigger than I am. If well, that makes sense. So there's a lot of dysmorphia. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's <a> yeah. dysmorphia. <laughs> I don't... Yeah. And I don't know. I find that it's only really bad when I go to Plato's Closet. Um, because the way they size their clothes is absolutely insane. That's actually... So this is a quick transition here. <laughs> have you guys ever heard of vanity sizing? Do you know what that is? No, but it feels... Mm. Okay. So um, my entire life, I have been a size medium. Mm. And, like, if you go to like Aritzia yeah, and all these places, I'm a size small there. Yeah. Um, if you ever saw my body when I'm not in a giant t shirt, I am not a size small. Like, <laughs> yeah. And it's because it's, it's like it's a psychology thing. If you are felt good in your body, and because everyone wants to be size zero for the most part. If you pick up something and it says size small and you have been into it, you are more likely to buy it mm-hmm. than if it said what the actual sizing was. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. And so now, as, like at certain stores, I am a size small. At other stores, I'm a size large. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that also is because I am a small-ish girl with big boobs. And so nothing fits me properly. 100%. <laughs> yeah. And so with vanity sizing and having body dysmorphia and then having to go try on clothes in a mirror and you finally find something where you feel good in and then you see that it's either small or extra small some of these places i fit into an extra small i'm like that's not i know for a fact i'm not an extra small so you're lying to me but it's true because if you look at what the universal sizing guide is and you go and actually measure their clothes it falls more into like a small would be either medium or large, an extra small and be like, that's medium, extra, extra small is actually a small. Right. Which is crazy. But it is because weird. Because you're lying to everybody just to get their money. Literally. Well, even like this summer, I've really been trying because I hated all my summer clothes. Mm-hmm. And so this summer, I'm like, I don't care what size it is. If it fits me and I feel good, I'm going to buy it. I went up, I went from a size four to a size eight in all of my pants. And if I, if that was last summer, it would have wrecked me.
1: Mm-hmm. You've also have built I, so much muscle.
0: I, I, yeah, my whole legs. body has changed. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, my legs are bigger, my pants are bigger, but, like, yeah, if that was even last summer, it would have, like, completely destroyed me. And so, and even being tall, I need to buy larges because my legs are so long that I don't fit into regular pants. Yeah. And so, like, I remember being a kid and, like, bathing suit shopping Because I have just, like, a big chest. Like, I've got broad shoulders and just, like, a big rib cage. And now boobs. Um, And so I'd have to buy, like, a large, extra-large bathing suit top, but a small bottom. Because my waist and my butt was so much smaller than the rest of my body. I'm, like, the reverse.
1: (laughs) I need, like, a double X in my hips and a medium or large in my top. (laughs) Yeah. And, yeah,
0: uh, I figured I was going to... Oh, I could fit into, like, a kid's size 12 until I was, like, 14. Because I was just so little. Uh, But, yeah. I had the opposite issue where, because I hit puberty at the ripe age of however old you are in the third grade. Oh, Are you serious? Nine years years old? I got my first period in third grade. Oh my (gasps) condolences. That's terrible. And so, um, obviously when you start getting your period, you start developing boobs, you start, your body starts changing. And so, I'm also the first of every girl I know to be going through this. So that's... Again, what made me start getting really involved in like, we need to learn stuff in sex ed because nobody told me anything. Nobody taught me anything, especially because as Kayla mentioned earlier, well, my kidneys failing all the time. I was constantly having bladder infections. So for the longest time, up until I think I was in the fifth grade, when I fi- my mom finally started noticing, like my, my door was stained. I thought I was just getting bladder infections. Oh. I didn't even know it was on my period. Shoot, yeah, so well, because that's when they teach you what you do know about periods is that it's red, yeah, and so I'm constantly seeing red when I'm peeing, I'm not gonna think twice about it, yeah, because I was getting, I even like when I was older, I was getting bladder infections more regularly than I was getting my periods, so like I was so used to it that I didn't think twice about it, and so my body started changing rapidly. All my friends were still like small, and here I am with boobs, and I'm a fifth grader. Yeah, because I was, I think I was a C cup by the time I reached grade 6. Okay. And now I'm like, that's... I have a now. Yeah. <laughs> so you can imagine seeing a six year old with boobs. Or not a six year old, sorry, a sixth grader with boobs. Yeah. It's quite, it kind of throws them off. Well, I remember being in like fourth grade and someone in grade five had gotten boobs and that was all everyone talked about.
1: Yeah. Well, there goes the hypersexualization, right? And throws back to the whole like, you look young and you have boobs and therefore you are more sexually attractive mm-hmm. in all things. Like the yeah, first time I ever got catcalled,
0: Was when I was in grade six. Shut up. Yeah, I was walking home from school, and I got this, like, muscle shirt from Forever 21, Mm -hmm. and these shorts. And so, again, because I was so young, and I didn't really have an understanding of my body yet, I wasn't wearing, like, a proper bra, so you could kind of see my boobs from the side of the shirt. Yeah. And this guy in a truck pulled up next to me as I was walking, and was Mm -hmm. like... I can, he's like, I can see your your tits. Can I see the... Or I can see the side of your tits. Can I see the rest? And then drove <gasps> off. I'm in the sixth grade. That's terrible. And you're in a small town. Yeah.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: Yeah. So, uh, I definitely saw that guy multiple times. But he... Uh, like, I knew his truck. Like, it was it was awful. And so, again, when you're sexualized like that so young, you put a lot of your self-worth in being able to have sexual attraction. And that's something I still struggle with now. Mm-hmm. Like, if... Like, our guy or girl doesn't want to have sex with me I have a really hard time understanding they're attracted to me yeah and then mm-hmm. they like l- love me and care for me and that's yeah. why my last relationship was kind of taking a really rough turn <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I'm like oh you are not having sex you hate me yeah because that's what all my self-worth was put into especially with my parents being divorced and my mom having multiple partners all the time mm-hmm. I've you it's a learned behavior mm-hmm. and it's very hard to unlearn when it starts at such a young age because yes. it's ingrained in you and it's a part of who you are. It's you really think, fun. <laughs> and you think those experiences like contributed to dysmorphia. Oh, 100% because yeah. that's because when you put all your self-worth in sexual attraction and all of a sudden your body isn't considered attractive oh, it throws you for a loop. Yeah. It ruins you. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Now, actually, when I moved here, because I'm the new girl, and because when I l- lived in my hometown, I, uh, uh, being, again, not white, I wasn't considered attractive, because I wasn't blonde hair, blue eyes, white. I was this weird girl who was very outspoken and ethnic.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so weird ethnic girl That was Yeah. But then when I moved here, because I, um, when you grow up in a small town, you know everyone since... Elementary school. Mm-hmm. So I was loud, I talked a lot, I was really outgoing. I moved here, I don't know anybody, I stopped talking. And all yep. of a sudden, the mm. mysterious cool girl who nobody knows anything about until they meet me and I spill all of my secrets to them. <laughs> 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 it takes you 20 minutes to get to know everything about my life. That's a mood. <laughs> yeah, like, Our first shift together was just. <laughs> <laughs> They yeah, were first together, and I'm like, oh, man, I'm just trauma dumping on you. Sorry. Yeah. Or <laughs> vice versa. Yeah. Like, like, my thyroid failed. Yeah. Not, not, not. Like, we've known each other for six months. Like, I don't know if you can <laughs> tell that by the way that we're interacting, but six months is how long we've known each other. Literally. There are no boundaries. No. Ever. Unless unless there's a customer there. and Then there's some boundaries, but even then, like, but some of the customers, then, I'm like, talking to them, I'm like, I shouldn't be saying this to you. <laughs> well, they'll go sit down, and we'll re-continue our conversation so blah 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 customers can hear us Yeah, well I even
1: know about the customers like the customers tell me about their medical issues and stuff yeah, that's true <laughs> Like I get that all the time okay yeah um, word, vo- word vomiting is just like a personality trait and that's why we have a podcast <laughs> <laughs>
0: um okay Alexa mentioned something about like learned traits and so I just wanted to talk about how like yeah learned traits and body Dysmorphia are very, very common, especially because I feel like a lot of our moms have such a negative self image, especially well, obviously they've given birth at their mother, more or <laughs> less. Um I guess yep. You know, not, not always, but not yes. always, but you know what yeah, I mean? Like typically. And it's just so hard to like watch that and then like learn to love your body or even just be neutral mm-hmm. with how you look. And even like Like, for boys to grow up and watch how their mom, like, devalues their body and doesn't so they can learn, like, okay, I don't have to value my partner's body because it was always modeled to me that... Women don't value their body, so I don't need to either. So I can say these disgusting things and, like, pick at their insecurities. Because it doesn't matter. That's just how they think. Yeah. If they're thinking it, then I can say it. Yeah. And that was a lot of, like, when I was growing up, I was surrounded by all-boy cousins. And, again, I'm also super hairy, even though I'm as white as you can be. But I'm pale and I have dark hair. So it's a (laughs) different kind of hairy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But, like once I like reached puberty and I started like growing leg hair and armpit hair and like facial hair um they would point it out but they didn't realize that that was like embarrassing and an insecurity so even now I'm like oh my gosh I have to be shaved so clean because what if someone sees that and that's just gross and like we went swimming the other day and I was like literally no one cares like I go out with hairy legs why am I obsessing over any other part of my body no one's going to be looking at me uh, like, uh, my last boyfriend was, Asian, like, Chinese. They have no hair on their bodies. <laughs> None. Nah. And so uh, when you are an extremely hairy girl and your boyfriend has no hair on your body, all of a sudden you're really self-conscious about it again. <laughs> And I remember one time we were, like, we are just hanging out and I was wearing a tank top and I, like, like reached my arm up to go and grab something. Yeah. And he turns to me and full seriousness goes oh you're growing out your armpit hair <gasps> no I just haven't shaved in three days <laughs> that's <is> like, terrible <laughs> I, like, our running joke is that it takes me oh, and I'm like this is not even like a joke it is a legitimate thing the mustache you can grow in three months I can grow in a week So you can imagine what that did to my self confidence, (laughs) (laughs) but also you can imagine what that did to his. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, because when you're like, and that's another thing. Like, um, like dating him, I learned a lot about men's mental health because I've dated a lot of uh, uh, people with really bad addiction issues, and Mm. as he's someone who is recovering from it, um, and like just having like poor mental health, like trying to work through that, men do not talk about their mental health as much as they should. Mm-hmm. And, like, I know, like, it's becoming more of a conversation now, but it's still not talked about enough. And, like, the body dysmorphia that I watch guys, especially ones who work out, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, that they go through and the disordered eating habits and the eating disorders that they develop. developed, I'm like, you guys are ruining your bodies yeah Mm -hmm. i watched my brother i was really worried for him because he was starting to go down that road Mm -hmm. because he was stripping Mm -hmm. and so when you're stripping your body has to be pristine Mm -hmm. and so he was like working out and like worried about what he was eating and then working a physically demanding job but then not eating enough because he was like oh well i can't eat because i'm gonna put on weight and it was so like weight conscious i'm like dude you're fine People would kill to look like you. Yeah. Well, and like, some of
1: the most insecure guys I know are the ones who are, like, bodybuilders.
0: Yeah. The hottest guys I know are actually the ones who are the most insecure. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And they, they are that way because, I don't know, it, like, motivates them to work out, in a sense. Yeah. Which sounds terrible, because it is terrible, but, like... Well, that's exactly why I don't work out. Yeah. Is because I know that my brain can't handle doing things in, like, halves. Yeah. I'm like, I mean, I would, like, throw myself so far into it, but I'm still not recovered from, like, I still have severely disordered eating.
1: I don't have an eating disorder anymore. But... Well, I guess, touch on that, defin- like, touch on that so, distinction. yeah.
0: So, when you have an eating disorder, you are actively, um, like, actively participating in an eating disorder means that you are aware of what you're doing. You are doing it because... You are restricting yourself or you are purging or you're binge eating to make yourself feel better about how you look or to um, soothe your emotions. And disordered eating habits is something you're less aware of. Mm -hmm. So you're not doing it out of like self-hatred or self-loathing or just Mm -hmm. make yourself look a certain way. It's just because you usually sense from anxiety and depression. That's actually how my eating disorder started. So Mm -hmm. it's because and then when you stop eating as much, it's hard to build your metabolism back up, and it's hard to make yourself hungry again. Like, I don't get hungry very often, especially on my medication. I, I don't get hungry. And right. It's mm-hmm. really, really bad. But at the same time, I'm like, in my head, I'm like, at least I'm not forcing myself this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, if my body can handle it mm-hmm. now, okay. Like, it sucks that I got to this point. But at the same time, I'm not forcing myself to do it, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of the difference there. Mm-hmm. But... Because I have such disordered eating habits, I don't want to start working out and I don't want my self-image to drop again. Yeah. Because if I'm not seeing the results I want or if I'm not looking a certain way or if I'm not building muscle the way I want to or if I'm building too much muscle or not enough, like, I I don't want to develop another eating disorder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally fair. And that's what a lot of guys um, who work out don't realize yeah. is that you are, uh,
1: destroying your body, please. <laughs> well, especially when you get down to like the 3% body fat, 5% body mm-hmm. fat, your body physically needs 5% body fat on it at all times to protect your organs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Anything less than you are risking your organ health mm-hmm. at that point. Right. And then, and so that's why when you need do all these fitness competitions. You, you drop weight like crazy, or even I find with, um, uh, wrestlers too. The fact that they can go like fluctuate within thirty pounds, like within a day,
0: yeah, is wild. Well, it's like my my stepmom when she was doing her bikini competition, she was I think uh, she was like one hundred and forty pounds, and then within a week dropped to one hundred and twenty for the competition, and then a week later went back up to one forty. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, and like the but she was very careful with the way that she talked about her eating Mm -hmm. and the way that she talked about her self-image. Because now, like, when I hear her talk, like, sometimes I'll, like, be like, you're not fat, don't say that, don't start working out if you're going to have that mentality. Yeah. Because if you want to work out to make yourself feel better and to make yourself um, look the way that you want to, it's totally fine. But if you're going to do it at a place of self-hatred, that's when you're going to start Mm -hmm. walking some dangerous lines. Yeah, that's when it gets very destructive. And I think that's something that the body positivity movement has actually halted. Mm-hmm. is that idea of losing weight mm-hmm. to make yourself feel healthy because mm-hmm. yeah. especially if, like fat girls in particular are supposed to be at the very top of the body positivity movement like if you are a fat woman you have to love yourself <laughs> you're not allowed to feel ugly anymore like especially on social media like in one-on-one conversations yeah go ahead yeah. But like on social media if you are fat and calling yourself ugly and you People are gonna be like, No, like you're so beautiful, blah blah blah, blah. You're allowed to feel like shit. Like <laughs> I missed that movement. <laughs> you're allowed to feel like shit and talk about it. Because yeah. it's really hard to be anything that is remotely close to skinny and hate yourself. Yeah. Yeah, because oh. then everyone's like, "Well, oh, no, Why you're so are you beautiful. Completing? Like, all this. I'm like, hey, can you just let me hate myself for a second and be like, okay, that really sucks. I'm sorry you feel
1: that way. I don't want to care about how you think I look. I hate it. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, part of me wonders, like, if if us three were in a lineup and there was a people cast, like, who do you think the most, most healthy is? Yeah. I wonder who they would choose. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Because, I mean, I'm the most different out of between you two. Yeah. Between you two, you have some differences. Like, yeah. I yeah. wonder... What would be determined as healthy, right? And what is health as a whole, right? But Journey and I are both also very um, pasty. So skin color wise, you look like you're glowing. You yeah. look healthier, right? I have like I look like I have a healthy tan, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but because you're skinny as ever, I'm going to be like, oh yeah, no, she has an eating disorder. Yeah. Um, because I'm large, it's like, oh yeah, no, she's a beast. So I think maybe Journey who's deemed the most healthy, who's the middle median, but even then, like. But, but I mean, it's not.
0: Yeah, out yeah. right. of the three of us, I think you would be the most healthy because of the way you eat and just the amount yeah. that you work out and take care of yourself. I'm at the bottom of this poll, by the way. <laughs> I am in the middle. Like, yeah. Yeah. I have to explain to people like I. I need you to know how healthy Michaela is and how unhealthy I am, <laughs> and I need you to drill that into your brain. Okay, does matter how you look, your health does not dictate how your body looks. Okay, because I like like you should see the way that I am at work. I pull up and like yeah, I didn't sleep last night. Like I, I'm kind of wired because my ADHD meds. So I'm not going to eat it today. Like I'll buy food for work. I won't eat it. <laughs> and then Michaela's like. Mm, yeah i'm gonna make like this really fancy and healthy meal like i want a (laughs) zucchini cleanse (laughs) (laughs) and the journey's like yeah and i'm right there with you (laughs) okay
1: Like, journey's just like wheezing behind me like can we stop now
0: (laughs) are we there yet mom oh my god (laughs) i have to pee please Oh, I'm just there with my breakfast bagel with the hot sauce on it, dipping it in
1: more hot sauce. No, but there is something, um, like, as as you said, like, I'm glad you're able to recognize when it's good and when it's bad, because there are so many people within the health and fitness industry, too, that have these disorders as well, and Mm -hmm, they are seen as healthy, and they're seen as inspirational, which they are, because physically, but there is a difference between like physically being strong and then actually physically being healthy. Are your organs functioning properly? How's your gut health? How's your mental health? How's your spiritual well-being? Mm -hmm. even? Right. Yeah. All of those come into a a play in health. And so where I physically don't look the most ripped or the most fit, I can sled push 500 pounds and I do eat solid food in a day. Yeah. Um, And while I look really skinny and uh, like I'm in great shape,
0: I can't even open a can of tuna, so, uh. (laughs) That's not your fault! We have really bad can openers! That's not your fault! I know it's not my fault, but it's a funny joke. You made a half-assed good camera. You we golden. And now our manager thinks I don't have any finger dexterity. I you mean, know, I played guitar for 15, or almost 16 years. So, <laughs> again, what you see is not always true. Yeah. I but I think that. about, like, somebody, and she made a TikTok about this recently. Is like Lizzo. Mm-hmm. She is a fat woman. And as everyone, like, she made a TikTok being like, no matter what my achievements are, like, I'm always just going to be seen as the fat girl in music. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. And, yeah. But she is healthy. Like, if you see the stuff that she posts, that she eats, the way that she, like, works out, like, she lives a very healthy lifestyle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She's just fat. Mm -hmm. And being fat doesn't always mean that you are taking crap care of yourself. Yeah. Just, like, being skinny
1: doesn't always mean that you're taking good care of yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because there's so many different things that contribute to weight and weight management mm-hmm. and health again we already talked about hormones being a big one in females mm-hmm. right yeah and especially after you've already packed on the belly fat it just keeps producing estrogen which keeps packing on more yeah. belly fat so once you have it it's way more difficult to lose it yeah. but if you go down too much then you stop having a period and then your um ovaries and everything they're suffering well yeah. another thing too is that um especially people who are recovering from eating disorders the
0: mm-hmm. hard part is when your body has been trained that it is not going to get enough fuel and you're not going to feed it any fuel you give it, it's going to cling to. Mm-hmm. And so as soon as you start trying to recover from eating disorder, you start gaining weight like crazy. That's what happened to me. Yeah. And That's what happened to me, too, because I started deciding, okay, maybe I should start eating and got an IUD all at once. So my hormones were just, like, shot up and were mm-hmm. like, we're pregnant. <laughs> and then my body was like, you're giving us food. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, this summer especially, or not this summer, sorry, last summer. I have never hated the way my body looked more than last summer. Mm -hmm. Like I, and um, right after the summer ended, I went to Mexico and I spent a week in a bathing suit and then I came back and I was miserable with myself. Mm -hmm. I like did not, want anybody to look at me and then my ears were picked up again was it mostly
1: about like like weight and the way it packed
0: on yeah and like obviously because when your body thinks it's pregnant you're going to pack on weight in your stomach mm-hmm. so the rest of my body didn't really change i wish it went to my ass but we <laughs> <you> are <laughs> and so like like my boobs got a lot bigger and i i've never hated my boobs because when you're a woman you have big boobs mm-hmm. Everyone loves you. <laughs> but it got to a point where I felt like my body looked um, disproportionate. Because mm. I had a really big chest and then, like, flat ass. Yep. Which isn't true. I just wore really baggy jeans <laughs> mm. and then really teeny tiny little tight shirts. So um, that also threw my mind for a loop. And then when I started gaining the stomach even more, then I had even less of an ass and even bigger. Like, I... It wasn't balanced. Yeah. And then once my hormones kind of got under control after the first couple months of having an IUD, my body went back to normal. And I have like, in my opinion, a more like proportionate looking body. But, oh God, it was awful. Yeah. It ruined my self-image for a while. And that was probably the lowest my self-image has ever been was those couple of months, which is weird because I was arguably eating a lot more than I used to. But that's when my eating disorder, the anorexia, Mm -hmm. uh, flipped to binge eating. And now Mm -hmm. that's what I struggle with is binge eating. Right. Yeah. Because I don't purposely starve myself, but I will sit and eat three bags of chips and a whole thing from like thing of cheese sticks from Papa John's in one sitting. So. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I know. That's one thing that even just like moving out and having to like cook and go grocery shopping for yourself Mm -hmm. is so hard because I've learned that I have a very, very bad relationship with food where I, I like I eat. It's not my feelings, but, like, if I don't feel like eating a specific thing, I'm just not going to eat. It doesn't matter if I get hungry. Yeah. I'll, like, snack on something else. But as soon as I feel like eating, that's all I can think about. And then I'll make that, and then I'll eat it. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? So then, yeah, I realized this this morning when I was baking. I was like, if there's something in the house, or even if I, like, am cooking supper and I get, like, a weird smell, that meal is dead to me. Yeah. I will eat... A couple bites, but I will not eat until I'm full or until I'm nourished. It'll just be, like, whatever, and then I'll just go to bed. Yep. And I'm like, I need to work on that. What do you think brought that on for you? All the way I grew up. Mm. That was how my mom, I feel like, ate. Okay. Um... And she's doing a lot of work now. Let me just expose her secrets. Um. (laughs) (laughs) She's doing a lot of work now, and I'm really proud of her of, like, not binge eating, like, Mm -hmm. eating all those chips and trying to work on having healthy meals throughout the day. And so I'm also trying to work on that, of like, having a good breakfast, having a good lunch, having a good supper, not just eating a bunch of, like, chips throughout the day. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that was kind of where that stemmed from. But even working out... A lot of my challenge was, okay, you're burning so many more calories than you are consuming. And so then I did a body scan and um, Jody was like, okay, you're not where I'd like you to be. It's either, what did she say? You're not eating enough. What you're eating isn't Nourishing. nourishing Or something else. And I was like, it's all three. I'm telling you that right now. And so then even just focusing on, like, getting the healthy calories and, like, fueling my body so that I can work out so I'm not just putting on fat. I'm actually putting on muscle and using the energy in a more productive way.
1: I'm curious to see how your body reacts when we start this fitness challenge. I know. I'm very nervous. Journey and I are starting a fitness challenge with our gym. It's going to be an eight-week challenge starting on October 24th. So we'll be about halfway through on this. <clears throat> almost. Mm-hmm. And so I'm very curious to see how you react because if you do follow the meal plan. Yeah. It is going to force you to eat more than you do. Yeah. Currently, especially because your goal is going to be to build strength. Correct? Yeah. So, you are going to need a different type of.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, and that's That's what I came into this workout with is like, I don't need to lose weight, I need to gain weight, and I want to be stronger. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Because, again, carrying things down the stairs at work could do it. And I was like, that's ridiculous. I need to be able to do this. I just get someone else to do it, but. I know, that's (laughs) why she never asked me again. (laughs) Strong woman Michaela. Strong (laughs) girl. You know, when our manager
1: walks in. It's like, where's the strong one?
0: <laughs> Not here. <laughs> but yeah, just doing that so I can like live, mm-hmm. I guess. But then also grocery shopping. But coming from a student grocery shopping to grocery shopping for two grown men and myself
1: that work in trades
0: and need to eat so much, but still having that like. I'm broke mindset, so I don't want to spend, like, a ton of money on groceries, and I don't know what to eat, and I don't know what I'm going to feel like eating, mm-hmm. so I don't want to buy a bunch of food that's then going to go to waste and waste all my money. It's just a whole issue.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But I think that's another thing to talk about, too, when it comes to eating disorders and eating habits is uh, how you grew up financially yeah. really changes your uh, opinion on food. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I think of my stepmom again airing out our parents' secrets here. Um, <laughs> grew up in very dire financial situations um, throughout her life. Sometimes they'd be have a lot of money. Sometimes they'd have absolutely none. Mm-hmm. And now I see her relationship with food, and when it comes to like buying food, like we don't eat out. We don't eat out at all, and that's mm-hmm. one thing because it's in her eyes you can't eat out and eat healthy. Yeah. I had an opa addiction, so I say otherwise, but. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for a healthy fast food. <laughs> yeah, I was addicted to Oba for like three weeks and I ate nothing but Caesar salad. So not the healthiest, okay. but here we are. <laughs> yeah. But um when you have feel like you don't have money, food and buying good and healthy food, especially with how bad and how expensive things are right now, mm-hmm. is really hard. Like it is mm-hmm. a privilege to be able to eat healthy because Mm. it is a lot cheaper to go and buy some microwave dinners for the week than it is to go and buy a bunch of ingredients for healthy meals. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes it very hard for, like, with me, because I have, well, my ADHD makes me spend all my money, and so then I'm really poor all the time. (laughs) And I'm also Mm. exhausted because we work a very physically demanding job, and I don't feel my body. (laughs) So I'm
1: too tired to cook.
0: Yeah. Yeah. that's another reason why people eat like
1: crap. Yeah. Well, it's, that whole mindset yeah. is also why I've been so... I mean, I've talked about it now in the past two episodes now. Where it's my third <laughs> episode, brought this up. Uh, seasonal eating habits. Like seasonal eating, the concept of seasonal eating, it is you're getting produce that is in your local area and it is fresher and it is cheaper because mm-hmm. it is um, from your local area. And so there are ways to go around that. Like you said, you buy microwave dinners. Yeah. Even when you price those out now, Going out to eat fast food, going out to buy microwave meals—they aren't much cheaper than buying ingredients to make a a really like hearty stew or mm-hmm. something, right? Yeah. But you have to know what to buy because everything is so expensive, yeah. right? Well, that's why I think like things like Hello Fresh and stuff like that is great because mm-hmm. they
0: give you the exact amount you need, mm-hmm. and it's this is not not just every No, but like, like yet. Yeah. <laughs> things like like HelloFresh, Chest Plate, like all those like pre like those delivered mm-hmm. groceries. Mm-hmm. I think they're great for people who I think it's a really struggle with because mm-hmm. I was telling my parents I'm like if I ever moved out I can't grocery shop I hate going to the grocery store mm-hmm. and but I love cooking those meal kits mm-hmm. yeah because I have all the stuff I need I didn't have to go anywhere well it makes and, it accessible and yeah, whatnot. and it also because a lot of people aren't taught how to cook. Mm-hmm. And that also makes things very difficult for people who have eating disorders to be able to try and recover from. You're not taught how to cook. Mm -hmm. And actually, the therapy, the therapist that I see, it's part of another program in Calgary. And one of their group therapies for people recovering from eating disorders is learning to cook. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you go in, you'd go in once a week and you would go with a chef and they would teach you how to make a meal. Mm-hmm. And I'm like that's so that's smart because so mm-hmm. then you're learning to love making food. Mm-hmm. You're learning how to make food and you're learning to appreciate what that food can do for your body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so while you're in there because there there's also a therapist in there who is the chef and the therapist. The therapist is doing CBT, which is the mm-hmm. only way that you can treat audiosmorphia by the way is by doing or not the only way, mm-hmm. but the only way that they will treat you really in therapy is by doing CBT. Mm-hmm. Um which, uh, CBT is cognitive behavioral yeah. therapy. Yeah, I was trying to kind of remember the cognitive part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, and so she's doing cognitive behavioral therapy after we cook the meal and we're all sitting around and talking. Mm-hmm. And that's just kind of trying to infiltrate your mind. Like, this is really good food. And then trying to be like, here's why it's good
1: for your body. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, shoot. What did I say? Rewarding good behavior. I think I said that to someone yesterday. <laughs> Well, and it is. It's, it's kind of like when you, you train a dog and whatnot, it is the same kind of thing as you're rewarding positive behavior and positive actions for that change. And mm-hmm. it's going to become a learned behavior. and It's going to become encoded because you're breaking down those negative um, thought patterns that you had prior around food.
0: I also want to say it is really hard to get over an eating disorder and body dysmorphia by yourself. So if you are struggling, please reach out to people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That is what's going to get you through it. It is not something you can go through alone or fix alone. Because even though it is a problem you have with yourself, you won't get out of your own head. No. Mm-hmm. You are in this thing 24-7. And so if it's telling you 24-7 to hate yourself, it's not going to switch. You're not, yeah. you can't, it's so hard to switch that thing or flip that switch on your own. Because mm-hmm. um, I tried to do that for a very long time because I do not like talking about my problems in a way that is serious. I don't think I've ever said something bad without laughing immediately. Because <laughs> <As laughs> I literally told, yeah, <laughs> told them, I was, like, I was like, oh, my uncle died. And then I was like, yeah, well, <laughs> that's a new sense of humor. <laughs> literally. <laughs> new trauma, <laughs> but at least I'm funny. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually one of the first inside jokes I had with my middle school best friend was, I'm really funny today, huh? I'm like, yeah. And she's like, yeah, it's because I'm really sad. I'm like, ah. (laughs) So that's what we need to check up on each other is if we were cracking just one too many jokes, like, are you okay? Do you need to talk? I feel bad. I feel
1: bad. Is there any other topics that we missed or anything you want to bring up about body dysmorphia?
0: I don't think so. I think we've covered a lot. We did. did
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. So to kind of lighten the mood, um, we have two possible segments that we could do. We have a word association game, which is where we go, like, three, two, one, and then we say a word, and then we have to find the similar one. Mm-hmm. Or I found this article that is barista horror stories, and we <laughs> could go through that one and kind of, like, compare and contrast. i love to do the second one. Okay. yeah. <laughs> I will pull it up. I have it right on my computer. Oh, do you? hmm Beauty. Yes. Boy, do we got some horror stories, too,
1: though. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> so I'm sure we can add to it. Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of my plan was like, share our horror stories. And
0: yeah, 11 most annoying things customers can do.
1: What are we gonna call this segment? Or do you want me to create a name on the spot again?
0: <laughs> We're gonna call this segment Compare and Contrasting Our Experiences.
1: Yes. Sure.
0: Um, sure. Hold <laughs> oh, this one. Uh, sure. <laughs> yeah.
1: So yeah, for our segment today, we are going to be reading through an article by Narsity that um, says the eleven most annoying things customers do um, at coffee shops. Because we all work at a coffee shop, this is very fitting.
0: <laughs> I read through it and I was like, uh huh. And I'm like. Basically, my entire personality trait right now is being a barista and then having trauma, so. This is for me. We're just covering it all yeah. in one episode. We got the first half, and now here we are. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right, so the first one on this list is complaining about the price. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Especially lately. Oh. We just raised our prices. Oh,
0: it's so bad it's like I can't control that I don't know what you want from me I don't know talk to the manager he won't do anything but yeah our complaint is
1: this email when you're going out for specialty coffee it's kind of expected either you pay a thousand dollars to have an espresso machine at home Mm -hmm. because that is the price of Espresso a home machine, espresso, espresso machine, or you make your drip coffee and buy your Folgers.
0: Yeah, and, well, exactly. <laughs> like, I don't think people know how expensive espresso is and how expensive the amount of milk that we have in our basement is. So, hundred percent, and we're a local small business. Yeah, we're not. So, like, we, we're not having like a corporate head above us. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. The second one is having the most complicated order.
0: Read the example for that one <laughs> because I didn't find it complicated. I was like, okay, and.
1: Well, hers is like, she's like, um, to be honest, I'm one of these annoying customers because my go-to order is a decaf iced oat milk latte with light ice. Um, uh, it doesn't seem complicated. It doesn't seem complicated.
0: What's the most complicated drink you've had to make? Do you know? I don't consider really any of the drinks we make to be complicated. Like, I I struggled with cappuccinos getting the foam right. And then one lady, I can never get the ice right for her. But that's her thing. Yeah. I think I, uh, working at like where we work now, and then when I worked at Second Cup, not really a big idea. De- deal. The drinks were never too hard. Starbucks? Mm. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I have never made. People, I understand why everyone hates their chocolate starbucks because I hated my chocolate starbucks. Yeah. Um, but
1: the drinks people ask you to make are insane. Well, because there's a whole secret menu and the whole internet thing that people blow up and you're like, what are you telling me right now? Well, the yeah. worst is when they come in, they're like, yeah, I saw this
0: drink on TikTok, can you make it? And we're like, do you have a recipe? And they're like, no, they said that you know how. And we're like... <laughs> I barely know how to make the drinks that we have on the menu. You really think that I know how to
1: make this drink? Really? So, once on TikTok? Yeah. <laughs> the one honest example that you're talking about is the one double shot espresso latte with half whole milk, one quarter, one percent, one shot of vanilla, and two shots of hazelnut. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: That's just annoying to write down. Yeah. Write. <laughs> is it, yeah.
0: yeah. Or like one lady, she like comes in, she's like, I want no foam, extra hot, try latte. She's like, sorry for this being
1: so hard. I was like. It's not. That's like, literally
0: Easiest. You steam it for long and then use a spoon. Like (laughs) yeah.
1: yeah. So the third one on this list is um, staying past closing time. Mm -hmm. That that one customer. (laughs) Actually, he stormed out the other day.
0: (gasps) Yeah, Claire told me about. Claire told me about that today. Yeah. Did he? Yeah, um, (laughs) because we just got we got a new employee and she doesn't speak (laughs) English all that great. And uh, neither does he. No, no. It's, I know. Yeah. No, it's a guy's you. Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, she didn't understand what he was saying when he was complaining about us using our spray. Oh. Yeah. And so she just kept spraying the tables. And oh. And he hates that. He hates when we wash the tables. And so he stormed out. He didn't stay past clothes. That's what Claire said. Yeah. He like slammed his drink
1: down and left. Yeah. And I was like, amazing. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Mm-hmm. <sighs> <Yikes. laughs> um The fourth one is ordering a tall grande or venti.
0: Yep, because people will come into our coffee shop and they'll be like, can I get a tall whatever? And I'm like, um, is that a small, medium, or large for you? Because some people will mean tall as small. Some people will mean tall as in, like, a taller cup. Yeah. And one lady means medium. but mm-hmm.
1: I'm like, that is none of the options.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Here's where you kind of turned in here. Um, fifth one is thinking that every menu is like Starbucks. <sighs> yeah. Which is... True, because Starbucks has set this standard for coffee in North America. Yeah. Which then adds all the weird complications. And I witnessed our uh, owner explain to a customer what a ma- true macchiato is. And they did not, <laughs> their face, they did not care about two shits about what he was saying. He wanted their extra sweet, no foam macchiato. Yeah. And he's like, watch well, it was actually supposed to be all foam because it's just supposed to be dirty espresso a bit. And so it's not supposed to be as large and as da, da, da. and I'm like, I'm like, my Italian friend yeah. has told me this. I know this. I'm not about to pick a fight with a customer yeah. over their drink order right now. I don't know why you feel the need to do this right, right now yeah.
0: <laughs> Well, even yesterday someone came in and she's like, yeah, so I'm thinking of this drink from Starbucks. They make it like it's like a frat, but it's less sugar and it has something to do with like blonde. But like their blonde roast coffee doesn't affect their sugar
1: no so because it's
0: a no. different roast of coffee and I was like um, blonde
1: roast just is caffeine it's just yeah, like higher yeah. Caffeine and coffee.
0: so and they, I like almost said that to her and I was like she's not gonna understand no. I'm saying she doesn't know what she's talking about so I'm just gonna be like would you like this <laughs> uh, it makes me feel really really um smart though when customers say things that are fancy about coffee and I know it and they're like, oh you understand and I'm like Yes, I did <laughs> one mean, one guy explain what brevet meant to me today because the person on Till didn't know what it was. I'm like, I know what that is. Thank you <laughs> so much. I'm making your drink. They don't know what it is.
1: He doesn't know anything, so. <laughs> <laughs> the sixth option <laughs> is my biggest pet peeve is talking on the phone while ordering. Mm-hmm. I hate when customers do this. Mm-hmm. Or they're talking to each other. It just, I just find it rude. I hate when anyone does that. Yeah. Like, if you're going to order, pause your phone call. Literally. Or don't Mm -hmm. order yet. Or go to the back of the line. Like, try again. Even worse,
0: and you were complaining to me about this yesterday, is when they order in front of you, but they're not ordering to you. Yes. Mm -hmm. This happened with a group that came in yesterday. Mm -hmm. And me and Journey, by the time they got up there, I was already making the drinks. Because they hadn't ordered. But they were ordering to each other. And then the one lady came up and was like, I have all these drinks. And I'm like, yeah, I'm making them already.
1: Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. why
0: couldn't you just get the people who are telling you the orders to tell me the
1: orders? And then this is done. Mm -hmm. We have a group of teenagers that come in now almost every day and they order amongst each other. And then they just like, they don't like, they don't have like, there's no social skills. Yes. Like, why can't you just say it to me? I'm right here. (laughs) I'm literally standing right in front of you. And why are you telling your friend your exact order? Which is again, it's like a paragraph long. Yeah. But I'm picking up everything. I'm already writing it down as you're saying it. Literally. So just turn your head. But then you feel really awkward when you're repeating it back to them.
0: Because you're like, no, I already got that. And they're like, oh,
1: okay. Like, I can hear you. I'm not deaf. I had a teenage boy freak out at me because he didn't know how to use a debit machine.
0: Oh, I remember that. I was like, pardon? I didn't hear about this. Pardon?
1: It so I had to with a debit machine. He's like, I don't know what to do with this. I'm like... You grew up with the debit machine era. How do you not know what to do with this? I should have seen how excited you was when he went to work. That's adorable.
0: I was like, uh, <laughs> I don't know how to help you. Okay. <laughs> Another thing on that one is when people come in, especially when we're wearing masks, when they come with a ball cap, sunglasses, and a mask on, I'm like, I can't tell if you're talking to me because they'd be like looking at the menu just like talking. And I'm like, I can hear that you're saying something, but you're not addressing me. And then they'll be like, okay, how much is that? Didn't realize you were talking to me. Sorry, I have no idea. Can you repeat that? And I'm gonna get a little snippy about it.
1: Oh. The next one here is oversharing, which I don't mind because I'm a nosy person and I love yeah. talking to people.
0: Well, no, because remember, I there's a, one instance that comes to mind immediately mm-hmm. where I was yeah. like, I could have lived without that information and my shift wouldn't have been ruined because of it. So. Yeah. Yeah, there's a couple times where it's like. Thank you. I don't Um, care if you overshare about your life, because, like, I want to know about that. Please keep your political opinions to yourself. I do not feel like discussing that with you. Yep. 100%. I'm not trying to lose my job, and I'm also not trying to sit here and listen to somebody talk, like, talk at me. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Talk to me. Talk at me about their political beliefs. Especially in the divisive nature that we are in right now. Mm -hmm. Especially back when... when there was, like, the rallies every yeah. day or every Sunday, like... Yeah.
1: Yeah, that was... That yeah. was a fun little, like, roll the dice. Who are you going to get in yeah. your shop this time?
0: Because you'll get... Our or, or one co-worker, when he still works with us, cause his, his opinion would switch on a dime. It would be so good. You would have one customer come in, be like oh I, I hate vaccines I hate that we're being forced this everyone's a sheep and he'd be like yeah I totally agree 100% and you. then someone else would be coming and be like these people are so stupid blocking the road trying to protest vaccines as if they're not trying to save lives and he's like I know they're so dumb like how <laughs> how dare <they?" laughs> it was amazing it is, he, they, customers would even be back to back so the first customer could hear him change his <laughs> opinion and it's just amazing <laughs>
1: (laughs) that's beautiful this one doesn't bother me as much but I can see why it's annoying Um, claiming a table all day and ordering one black coffee
0: that bugs our boss so much I could care less Mm -hmm. if anything I I enjoy it because it means that I know that you're just going to sit there and chill
1: and nothing bother me Mm -hmm. (laughs) specifying the temperature of what they want their drink to be I don't mind this either because then I'd rather make it the way they want it and have them Go on with their day rather than come back and be like, this is too hot. The only thing that bothers me is if they're really
0: specific about it. If they're like, I need to be at exactly 165 degrees. Our thermometers suck. You're yeah. not getting that. I'm yeah. so sorry. Like You get between 160 and 180. Good luck. Yeah. So we have
1: one lady who I have like, worked with her through it to to stop it at 110, and that's mm-hmm. the temperature she likes. Yeah. And so she now explains to everyone 110. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that's no issue. No. The only
0: part that bothers me about that is when whoever's on tilt doesn't write it down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what bothers me. Yeah. Well, and this is also another thing that Starbucks probably perpetrated, because um, I don't know if you know this about Starbucks, but... Being a barista at Starbucks is uh, not, it's not like being a barista really anywhere else because we don't have thermometers because they're built into the steam wand. Mm-hmm. Um, the steam wand, you press the temperature you want it to be at. There's like a couple of options and it'll stop it as soon as it reaches that point. Um, so it's very easy to get to your exact temperature that you want at Starbucks. Not anywhere else because yeah. everywhere else we use these little thermometers that um, are very hard to calibrate and reset and uh, have not Because you're supposed to calibrate them every day. Yeah. We do not
1: do that. No. No, I don't think anywhere does that. No,
0: I've no. never calibrated. That's what it said in the food safety.
1: No. Yeah. I've never calibrated one in my life Never I at three and a half different
0: coffee shops. Mm. Yeah, but Starbucks, like, they because of how automated their entire espresso machine is it's very easy to be very specific about what you want yeah Mm -hmm. and um they have very high standards for their coffee machine and how it's taken care of and how it's cleaned. Everywhere else, it is a lot harder to be as specific as you want. Yeah, <laughs> Especially probably. with Starbucks' new machines. Oh my gosh, they're so fancy. Mm-hmm. Coming, that, that being the last coffee shop that I worked at, the like coming to, <laughs> to where we are now. It was like, quite the, sh- yeah. <laughs> the turn around. Oh my goodness. I know, I was trying to like, peep on them. Like, what are you
1: doing? What are you doing? Can
0: I help? Can I
1: see? Um, so one of the last, second last one is critiquing latte art or lack thereof. Which yeah, I get you want a nice, pretty heart for your Instagram story. But sometimes it's not going to happen for me. Sometimes it will. I've been doing micro leaves recently, <laughs> where I can't get it to cover the whole cup.
0: <laughs> I've never had it like I don't do latte art, but I no one has ever been like, "Wow, this sucks!"
1: Like why isn't this better? So I feel like I don't really. I guess the nature of our small town local shop. Yeah. And I
0: think our customer base
1: too. Yeah. Most
0: of our customers are regulars. Yeah. Yeah. And like we do get complimented when we do fancy art, but it's Mm -hmm. not expected. Yeah. I think the worst for me, and I feel bad for this because I'm very, like, I always try and do latte art, but when one turns out and the other doesn't, I feel Mm -hmm. so bad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: Sorry. (laughs) And then the last one is missing their drink being ready. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: That drives me up the wall. I'll scream at you and I will look at you. I'll be like, iced chai latte. And they will just be like there I'm like, iced chai latte! And then they're like, don't move it on. Like, Here you go. Like, hello, please. Oh my god. And then when we have busy nights, I can this fires me I can tell. <laughs> And so there's a line up out the door and you order a latte with an alternative milk, please remember what you ordered so that you don't take someone else's because then someone's standing there for 15 minutes waiting for their drink and then it screws up baristas because then they have to go back and make that drink so then everyone else has to wait. So I was like, just pay attention please and don't try and take someone else's. Like if you just order and someone puts a drink down and it doesn't even sound even remotely close to yours, don't pick it up and take it. If you order a double Americano, don't take the medium turtle latte that I just put down on the counter. <laughs> or even better, uh, and if then you drink ordered... If you ordered a medium latte, maybe don't take the smoothie that's on the counter. Literally. <laughs> if you order a hot drink, don't take the cold one. That happened to me the other day where this person came in and they're like, hi, can I get an extra hot an extra hot latte with skim? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, what did they take when I put it on the counter? They took a large iced turtle latte. <laughs> How do you go from that to that, that? Literally. Like, oh yeah, that, the cup with <laughs> ice in it, totally my extra hot drink. <laughs> Yeah, what you order it's not even like like, really? I'm, like I'm very fast when I make drinks so it's not even like it's like a five minute wait and you maybe yeah. slips your mind no it's like two seconds after I took your order like you're gonna be waiting like a minute and then your drink's gonna be out Yeah. Mm-hmm. so why <laughs> literally how'd you mess that one up so badly it fires
1: me up so much I hate it that was a fun way to end yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen you so fired up <laughs> oh, on this podcast so far <laughs> oh mad we're very passionate about our jobs i don't
0: know it's just people not paying attention that bothers me even when i give them the debit machine and they're like does it tap and i'm like read does it say tap now (laughs) no it says tip that's why i i've like whipped into myself being like there's a couple of options first yeah 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 like or also just be saying yeah tap Yeah, if you yeah. click past the first screen.
1: <laughs> Can you read? <laughs> and on that note, that's why this video out with Alexa. Thank you for watching. I am MacJoy. I'm It's It'sJubes. We are Sometimes Shibata Slaps. Alexa. Well, <laughs> Do you want to plug your socials? Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Do you want people to follow you? Alexa Mare on Instagram. TikTok is Halo
1: Adders. Uh, right, that's <laughs> all I'm on. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. We will have her tagged in the description below as well. Yep. But yes, thank you, Miss <laughs> Queen thank of Chaos. You. <laughs> thank you for having oh. me it was very nice
0: <laughs> it was fun a little chaotic but that's okay what did you expect? I know literally
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we expect nothing less. us uh, awesome well thank you for tuning into this week and we will see you again next week yeah talk talk for now TCFN bye, bye. <laughs>